Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is an amazing whole foods cook, an author and a recipe developer, but she's also one of the nicest, most caring, most giving and generous people in the Australian wellness industry. She was also one of my very first guests on my podcast, episode nine to be exact, oh my goodness, back in 2016 when it was still called Shiny Healthy You. Since then, we've shared the stage together at wellness events. We've shared Airbnbs at those events where I'm pretty sure I kept her up till at least 2 a.m. and shared organic ice cream in Brunswick Heads. But most importantly, we share a mutual love of serving our communities, teaching people everywhere that foods that heal your gut can also taste amazing without being too complicated to make. She has so much wisdom to share and also a bunch of brand new recipes. So please welcome to the show, the legend that is Joe Witten. <laughs> oh, that was such a lovely <laughs> intro. Thank you. <laughs> so Thanks nice to you. be here and chat with you. I know. I can't believe it was like 2016 that you were last on the podcast. Like where have our lives gone? <laughs> <laughs> Seems so long ago, doesn't it? I know. We must have both been babies. <laughs> oh, totally. When I look back at photos, I think, who was that scrawny, unwell-looking person? <laughs> I was no. still very much smack bang in the middle of my healing journey. Not that you ever stop. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you ever stop. There's always another layer. But, yeah, always. we must have been like these little baby food bloggers with stars in our <laughs> eyes about this thing called the internet and how we were going to have these passive income products and change the world. And these cool <laughs> podcasts. That, I know. Yeah would be so amazing and they are of course of course <laughs> <laughs> so look give us an update what have, what have you been doing the last few years because um there's been a lot going on in the world hasn't there oh, sure has oh where do I start at 2016 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well basically in the well how long is that That's oh my god your kids were babies well guess what mm. Isaac turns 21 on <gasps> Tuesday <laughs> Isaac oh my lord <laughs> I know. that's that's going to be a big shock to a lot of people I think in 2016 he was traveling with me a lot and on stage yes. and speaking and he was 14 I believe yep he was 14 at that stage and um just like living his best life he'd been through a year of healing the gut he'd gotten through that horrible dark place of severe OCD, anxiety, depression, and he'd come out the other side in 2016 was his best, brightest year. He was feeling on top of the world. and But he was so tiny because he still had, um, you know, the leftovers from um, gut issues where he hadn't grown for years. Like he wore the same clothes, no joke, for five years. Oh, wow. Yeah, he really didn't grow 
very much at all for about five years. And so he'd get up on stage and he'd do cooking videos and all this stuff. And he was 14, 15 years old and people thought he was 10 or 11. Oh, <laughs> and, and treated so him as such yeah, as and so well. They'd be like, well, they'd be like, oh, my goodness, this kid is amazing, which he was, but he was also older than they thought he was. Yeah. And, when, you know, when they realise now that he's now 21, they freak out. They're like, what, 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 what happened? I can't, no, that wasn't that long. I'm like, well, he was probably 15 the last time you saw him speak. Yeah. So, yeah, bless him. He's done really well. He's grown now. He Good. works out, does <laughs> gym, um, lives on his own. Um, well, with a friend and um, cooks for himself and, yeah, has really taken off and, and done well. So that's that's what we want as parents is to see all our hard work um, bearing fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a really difficult time probably the year before 2016, especially 2015 was when we really had to dive into um, the gut healing journey and um, it took us a couple of years to really work through those gut health issues and we came out the other side feeling so much better. But like I said just a minute ago, it's a never-ending journey. You're always learning more and you're always finding more things to work on. So, yeah, there's been, I guess there's been a lot happening in the last few years, including yeah. books, um, all sorts of projects and things with Quirky Cooking, but health-wise, um, yeah, a lot has changed since then. So that's good, in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Now, I know this isn't where I was planning to go at this interview, but I have to ask because I, I hear this one a lot from mums who've got kids sort of 15 to 21 sort of mm -hmm. age group. How Does does he eat well now, yeah. like even on his own? And how, yep. how does how does... Mm. How does that work? Like how do you yeah. get a kid to to do that at that age when all their friends want to go to Macca's and Pepsi yeah. and everything? Well, I'm I'm not going to say he never goes to Macca's because he does to hang out with friends and that's because we live in a small country town and that's all that's open at night. Yep. <laughs> and so he'll sit there and not have anything but he'll sit there and chat. Um, but it's actually amazing to see how much he's taken on board what he needs to do to be well because he knows that as soon as he starts having sugars and vegetable oils and refined foods he just goes downhill so quickly within a couple of days he's he's got acne breaking out he's got anxiety um you know he gets really bad histamine reactions if he's not careful so he has to really stay on top of his diet and he's done so well with it mind you he does pop home for meals fairly often ah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, when he first moved out he was you know having a ball cooking all the time and doing great. And now um, I think he pops home more now because he's so busy, <laughs> but yeah. he does eat really well and it's so good to see. Um, I think because he went through so much, he really learnt how much he needed to stay on top of his food choices. So it's good to see. And he's actually kind of converted his um, housemate. So what do you call it? Wow. I don't know what you call it. Um who was very against healthy eating and is now doing, I don't know, kind of a keto, but a whole food keto 
type thing and it's and he's always coming over and saying can I come and talk to you about food I'm like sure so he comes over and sits at my kitchen bench and asks me questions so it's amazing wow so now Isaac's changing the world one person yes he is I love it I love it it really it's it's an it's it concerns me you know when I when I think about where Isaac was and where you got him to by doing all the gut healing and the gaps and everything Mm. and and the fact that he went from being this you know that he had full-on OCD to, Mm. you know, to where he is now, it really then I start to get really curious about the anxiety epidemic that we're having Mm. in the Western world at the moment. Oh, yeah. That everyone's blaming on lockdowns and COVID, but I feel like lockdown and COVID just pulled the trigger on something that was already brewing and we're just not putting two and two together out there, are we? Yeah. Yeah, like you and I look around and see the symptoms of inflammation and poor gut health pretty much everywhere. Um, And, of course, kids are going to be suffering from anxiety and all sorts of other issues because it's just such a big, um, it's such a huge symptom from all these things that are going on in their bodies due to all the refined foods and the toxins in the environment and the stress and the being inside all the time and not out in nature and sunshine and, you know, the water that most people drink and all of these things add up. It's not just the lockdowns. But, yeah, if only it was simple enough that we could go, oh, it's that one thing and now we can fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all the lockdown's fault and, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> and it's it's the fault of the people who ordered the lockdowns and there we go, cut and dried case, but I, I just don't, yeah, it's I don't that see simple, that. Is it? No, no. And and why is it affecting so many people mm. in that sort of teenage age group as well? Like I know isolation's probably been the hardest on them because that's yeah. an age where you're so social and you do need so your friends around you. Focused. Yeah. Mm. But also it, it is also an age where it's, I think it's almost the age where people eat their worst diets. I do too. I was thinking that. It's the... Mm. Um, junk food addiction age for sure yeah it's the putting a toe out of the nest age as well like you're no longer eating every meal you know that mum provided or that mum paid for that's what happened to me yeah I did it too I was like oh I've got three dollars fifty that's that's minimum (laughs) chips and a piece of flake let's go like (laughs) yeah well you know Maccas and Hungry Jacks and KFC and all those things yeah and then someone gets their license, whether it's an older sibling or a cousin yep. or a friend at school, and then that's it. The world is your junk food oyster at that exact point in time. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Oh, I remember the days. And it's all the things that mum wouldn't let us have very often. We can now exactly. have whatever we want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Except we ran out of money sometimes. <laughs> uh, all of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, those are the days but I just remember thinking well I'm I'm not fat I'm not putting on weight so it must be fine and as I got older I remember someone saying to me yeah but you've probably got a fatty liver I'm like what Uh, (laughs) but also you you and Isaac obviously share a lot of the same genes and I think they they played out the same way in that when your gut was at its worst and when your diet was you know Mm. like you can't say at its worst because we didn't know better but when when your diet was like not conducive to your health like Mm. you got thinner oh yeah I got so skinny I I got down to 35 
no, sorry, sorry. I got down to 42 kilos at 35 years of age. Yeah. With four kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone would be like, oh, wow, what's your secret? No, um, malabsorption. <laughs> malabsorption <laughs> is my secret. And exhaustion. Please don't try it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Malabsorption, stress hormones, and no sleep. Yeah. Yes. Do not recommend. I give it no, one out of 10. Not um, worth it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it is really interesting. Like we, we live in a society where, uh, if we're, if a person is underweight, it's almost celebrated, but it's definitely yeah. flies under the radar. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no one thinks, oh, that person's unhealthy. They just go, oh, she's a little pale and she's got dark circles, but they never, they never think you look unhealthy. Like they're always looking yeah. at the people who are overweight as being a problem. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's what we're told in society. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, I've, I've had a lot of clients in a similar situation where they didn't have a lot of actual gut issues in terms of symptomology, but mm-hmm. what they had was an inability to put on weight. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, my gut's really good. I don't, you know, I poo every day. Everything's fine. I can't put on weight. Yeah. That might be a gut issue. Yeah. Yes. So in the last few years, like obviously like life takes twists and turns and we're always learning. And like you said, there's always new layers coming off. Mm. What, what, what has your view um, on gut healing become now? Like, and, and your personal diet and and the Mm -hmm. way you look at all of this, like, has anything changed? What are you doing differently? Um, I am much more conscious of having healing foods in my diet. So when we really were focusing completely on gut gut health, then I was, you know, super careful with my diet to make sure that every meal possible, everything I put in my mouth was had something nutritious and healing in it. Mm. <laughs> um, so things like meat stocks and egg yolks and good fats and all the meats and um, fermented foods and all of those beautiful, nourishing, traditional foods that are renowned for healing. Um, and as we were able to transition back into just more of a wider whole food diet that included, you know, starches and, and some well-prepared grains and more legumes and things like that, um, I still tried to keep those healing foods in. So I would say the change now is that um, I'm, I guess most days I would have meat stocks either a cup of meat stock or in my food somewhere I'd have meat stocks. I'd have more of the good fats than I used to have. I used to, back when I was really unwell, I used to cut the fat off everything. Um, You know, I didn't eat bacon. I tried to avoid fats because that's what I was told to do. And then with the healing, gut healing and learning about how important animal fats are for our brain health and hormone well you can explain it better than I can but um how important fats are good fats are for our diet then I stopped being scared of them and got them into my diet and that's definitely stayed um also fermented foods I try to have them at least two or three times a day like a tablespoon or two here or there sauerkraut or fermented beetroot or um I've got a heap of fermented daikon radish at the moment in the fridge, whatever I've got really, Um, garlic and honey, fermented in honey, all sorts of things. Like I try to have little bits of fermented foods throughout the day with meals. Um, 
And so even though we're eating more of a whole food diet and I'll have some rice or potatoes or sourdough bread or whatever, there's still a lot of those really healing foods in there as well. And if I start to feel like, um, I don't know, a bit low, like if I feel like I'm heading towards a cold or I'm exhausted or anything like that, I'll really focus on those healing foods for a couple of days just because I know how good it makes me feel. Yeah. You mentioned meat stock. Now, there seems to be a shift going on. Like five years ago, everyone was talking about bone broth (laughs) and now suddenly it's being called meat stock. What's going on, Joe? What's going on? (laughs) Well, there's two different things. It's two different things. Well, see, um, there's always... It's, it's confusing sometimes because people call meat stocks and bone broths sometimes the same product. They'll call the same, they'll call the two different names. But if you're coming from a GAPS perspective, which is what I learned, the GAPS protocol, um, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's gut and psychology syndrome. So that's the protocol that we used for gut health and healing. Um, the difference is explained as a meat stock is short cooked and it's raw meat on the bone so like meat like an inch from the bone nice pieces of say um chicken on the bone so you might use um, drumsticks wings thighs you might use the whole chicken cut up um chuck the feet in if you can um then you know with the beef and lamb you'd have the neck chops the lamb shanks um all those meaty cuts that have the gelatinous parts and the tendons and the sinews and all of that. And so you cover that with water, add a bit of salt and pepper. You can add herbs and things if you want to, but basically you're just cooking it until the meat's soft and easily comes off the bone and then it's done. And then that meat stock um, is really high in the more delicate amino acids that if you cook long, hot, um, sort of high heat and long, time or high pressure like in a pressure cooker um, the advice is that those amino acids degrade so you get more minerals in a bone broth so it's great if you're maybe trying to work on healing a break a broken bone or you're trying to improve your bone strength or that kind of thing you've got the bone broths for that kind of thing so they're really high in minerals but the meat stocks are higher in the amino acids like collagen, gelatin, proline, glycine. So they're very healing for the gut lining. So when people are working on healing um, the gut, like working on improving the, um, like if you've got leaky gut or digestive issues, the meat stocks are super easy to digest and really healing. So that's where the difference is. And it's not one is better than the other, but the advice with early stages of gut healing is to have meat stocks just because it's so much easier to digest yeah, and, they, and it's they, very powerful for healing the gut. Yeah. There's the histamine aspect as well. Isn't That's right. There? Yeah. Yeah. So it's lower in histamines as well. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you make the meat stock, do you set aside that meat and use it and eat it at, like in another dish? Yeah, so either make a soup out of, like, basically make chicken soup. You've got meat stock there (laughs) Um, with meat on the bone. Um, Or you can use the stock separately. And sometimes what I'll do is roast the chicken after I've cooked it. So if you just cook a whole chicken or pieces of chicken and it's still got all the skin, it's still together because it's only been two hours. 
and you just lift it out of the stock carefully. Lay it out in a tray with the skin side up. Drizzle it with olive oil, herbs, salt, pepper. Pop it into a really hot oven and just crisp up the skin. So this is a recipe that's in my new cookbook, nice. Simple Healing Food. Um, and it makes the best roast chicken because it's really soft. It's like poached chicken. So the texture is soft like poached chicken. Po- can't say it, poached chicken. <laughs> but the skin is crispy. So um, then you've got your stock and your roast chicken. I think the way that we used to do it, well, probably most of us used to do it when we were doing bone broths, is roast the chicken. Mm. Eat take the all the chicken. meat off the bones mm. and then put the bones in and make a bone broth. But that's really not got much flavor. And it, as, yeah, as I've mentioned, it doesn't have a lot of the really healing amino acids. So I do it the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. um, otherwise, if I'm making a stock, say, from a chicken carcass, a meaty carcass with, um, I'll throw in, I, I get my chickens from a local farm that um, they're pasture raised. And when you get a chicken, you get the whole chicken. And that includes the feet and the head and And the neck, neck. everything, and the livers, and it's great. So in my stock, I usually put the head and the neck, the feet, the carcass, and the wings. And then when it's finished cooking, I take all the meat off the carcass and wings and neck. And that meat goes into a dish with a bit of stock covering it, and I put that in the freezer. And I use that to make things like chicken pot pies, soups, um, you know, like anything where you don't need a lot of chicken, satungan soup. Um, so I bulk it out with, say, mung bean vermicelli and a heap of veggies um, or I'll um, add a cauliflower leek mash um, mixed through the chicken with a heap of cooked veggies and make pot pies. Um, so those little dishes of chicken and stock are in my freezer ready for those kind of meals. Um, and then the, the rest of the stock is separate in dishes. So, yeah, there's different ways that you can do it. Yeah. Can I backtrack for a moment? Sure. Because there's something you said that made me go, oh, bugger. Um, when, <laughs> oh. <laughs> when, oh, dear. Um, so if you do something in the pressure cooker, mm-hmm. even if it's just like a big, you know, like something that would normally take, several more hours in a slow cooker Mm -hmm. but you decide to take that lovely shortcut and do it in the pressure cooker are you destroying amino acids this is a this is a um, controversial topic yes (laughs) okay so um dr natasha campbell mcbride says don't use the pressure cooker for a healing short cooked stock because you would yeah it will reduce the amino acids that yeah it will damage some she says that it does she says don't cook on really high heat so it's boiling or mm. that damages amino acids. Don't do high pressure. Don't do really long periods of time. So short and low heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of a rolling simmer is fine. It's just not like this gigantic boiling. So um, I, don't, I don't have a study to share with you or anything. And honestly, I think if people are time poor and that's, that's the best option at that moment, then I wouldn't stress about it. But, um, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> if anyone's listening to this and you have any 
decent research on this topic, please send please it our way because I think we both want to know the answer yeah. now. I don't have a pressure cooker, so it doesn't bother me. It's, I've I never do. really looked into it. <laughs> I do, Joe, and I freaking love it. It's the yeah. best thing ever, especially when it gets to 6 p.m. and I stumble out of clinic and I'm like, okay, I've seen seven patients in a row and uh, like three of them were complex cases and my brain is toast. And, yeah. oh, there's the meat in the fridge that I was going to put on at 3 p.m. <laughs> in between client number six and seven. Yeah. I swore I was going to like brown that and chuck it on the slow cooker and then like have this amazing... Now I'm going to put it in the pressure cooker and it tastes think, just as good. Yeah. I think that's not such a big deal. I think it's more if you're making, if you're purposely trying to make short cooked meat stocks for mm. gut healing, that's when she recommends using the stove top or slow cooker because it's gentler. But mm. yeah. But I think everything, every meal I make is like an opportunity to get nutrients. Yeah, like exactly. But yeah, like at the end of the day, if it's if it's chuck it in the pressure cooker or go and get takeaway, you know which exactly. choice I'm going to make. That's still a great choice. I, yes, I will pat myself on the back for that choice. But yeah, um, but yeah, you, like didn't, you didn't have avocado on toast. You actually made a whole meal. Like I'm impressed after a day like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably only because I was too busy to remember to go and buy the bread for the toast, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Always eggs. Eggs, eggs. Is it Lisa? It's Lisa Corder that's always said, if you've got eggs, you've got a meal. That's it. I totally agree. Yeah, eggs. (laughs) And then you just like find some, you know, half okay mushroom in the bottom of your freezer, like a few leaves of spinach. Oh, that's an omelette. And if you've got bacon, that is a bonus. Oh, yeah. No, if you've got bacon, you've got everything you need. Um, (laughs) Bacon is everything. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, any vegetarians who are listening to this. I suspect that you've already switched off. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) Oops. Oh, Oh, dear. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, we do. There are lots of beautiful veggie meals in your book and in your repertoire, by the way. Like I know there are like lots yeah. of colours. Yeah, I um, love lots of colour. Yeah, I know. That's I, I. I flick through your book and I just get excited. And then, oh, good. yeah, like all the choices and decisions. It's like, okay, well, you know, look at all these amazing colours and like all <laughs> the different colours are different nutrients, right? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. So this is not just a gaps book like because it sounds like it's like your books are kind of an evolution of how you feed your family and and where you're at at a a time in life right yeah definitely every every book has been a picture of my journey so far and this one um like I say in the intro I really uh dedicated it to my kids who are at the age where they're leaving home and they need to be able to cook healthy simple meals that they will actually get around to doing instead of going and buying takeaway and so that was probably my main thought in the back of my mind was my kids need a cookbook that's really easy and that's healing food and that they will actually use and I know that they're um, they're the kind of recipes that they liked at home so that was one of the goals. I have a question Okay. When, when the kids leave home, do they get a Thermomix as a leaving home present? <laughs> well, Isaac has my spare one. He's the only one that's properly left home. Simi left for a bit and came back, but he was eating at home anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Isaac's got my spare Thermomix. I do have another old Thermomix, a TM31, in the laundry that just sits up on the 
on the cupboard because it actually needs fixing. And India's like, do not get rid of it. I'm having that one. I'm going to get it fixed. It's mine. Because that's the one she grew up with. You know, she prefers that one. Yeah, that's don't knock the TM31. No, I love it. Solid. I love it. It's gold. So, yeah, they probably will get one, but it might be secondhand and that's okay. Yeah. Well, it will be secondhand pretty much. <laughs> they can get the fancy new ones for wedding presents, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I had a I had a flick through your book because I've got it I've got it on my desk here. Thank you. Um, no but I noticed a few other little things that are just creeping their way into the the language and and the offerings in the book. <laughs> and one of those things that you started talking about this time is nightshades. Mm. Mm. So tell me. Like, because I noticed that a lot of the recipes have got like nightshade free options, or there's just whole nightshade free recipes. Why, uh, like, why would we want to avoid these when we're trying to like build a healthy gut and nourish ourselves? Um, one of the recommendations on early stages of gut healing is to avoid nightshades and you probably have a better explanation than I do, but I know that a lot of people do react to nightshades when their um, gut is damaged. Maybe you should explain why. <laughs> yeah, so to, let, let's go through the foods that are nightshade, that, that are in the nightshade yeah. family for anyone who's listening. So what, tomatoes, yep. potatoes, eggplant, eggplant chilli, capsicum. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other, there's a couple of little kind of weird ones that when people go on nightshade diets, they're like, oh, what? Like there's a couple of spices I think as well. Uh, yeah, is it paprika? Yeah, that sounds right. I guess Um, that must be the chili family as well. Yeah. Probably cayenne then. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah. And so I got them all. Sorry if I didn't, guys. (laughs) Sorry to any nightshades out there that we've forgotten. Uh, I know there's I know there's a few in herbal medicine as well that are in the nightshade Mm. family that like as as herbal teachers we start to avoid too. Yeah. Okay. Bit of a tricky curveball there. Uh, so Look, I, I, as a naturopath, I always see them as being an issue with autoimmune people, mm. especially because yep. they love to cause a bit of inflammation, especially mm. if people have leaky gut. And that autoimmune paleo diet is very yep. centered around not only being paleo, but taking out nightshades amongst yep. other things. Um, yeah. Do you see, like, did you have, did you have to take it out for your family? We for a didn't. While? No, we never took out. I don't, well, right at the start, maybe like really early on for maybe a couple of weeks. But after that, yeah, we had the tomatoes and we weren't having any issues at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know so many people do. Um, yeah. And it's just nice to be able to give them some options that, yeah, don't have the nightshades. And it's, it's nice to see how many people, um, well, people ask me, oh, I really want to get your book, but I'm gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, nightshade-free, egg-free. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of recipes for you. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> they rush out and get it like yeah. it's the only cookbook in their kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, um, I'm trying to think if I've got a – here we go. There are only really three recipes out of the 140 plus recipes in the book that need the tomato. So there you go. Wow. 
need the tomato. What what are the recipes that need the tomato? I'm really curious now. <laughs> um, like- the chicken Provençal, which my kids absolutely love, and it takes that's a good one. If you haven't tried that one yet, um, Jules, you should because it takes like five minutes to prep and then an hour in the oven. Excellent. Um, you can do can that, do that on a Wednesday after yeah. clients. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, trying to think what else, maybe the tomato sauce, but there is a no tomato sauce as well, so you're not really missing out there. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the other one is at the moment, but, yeah, not too many. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I know that whole no mato sauce movement's a bit of a, it's a bit of a thing. Like you can Google <laughs> no mato sauce and there's yeah. like recipes everywhere on the yes. interwebs. So like, what do you do if someone is avoiding tomatoes? Like what are the things that you can put in a recipe instead? Well, the no, the no mato sauce has um, beetroot and pumpkin and carrot and celery and all sorts of good things that make it rich and flavoursome and red. Um, and then I tell people just use that instead of tomato paste or tomato sauce in a recipe um, and in a bolognese sauce or something like that, you can use that um, just sort of to taste, leave out the tomatoes and the tomato paste and just add the no tomato sauce until it looks and tastes how you want it to <laughs> on yeah. such a um, go-by-feel kind of cook. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that you can use it for. It's very handy to... Um, if you've got anyone in the family with, yeah, issues with nightshades, it's a good one to make and just freeze in ice cube trays and you can pop out what you need and use it like tomato paste or whatever. Yeah. I noticed there's also a nightshade-free osopoco in yeah. your book um, and somewhere a nonna just rolled over and in a grave. <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry, nonna. Sorry, all the this, nonnas this, rolling over. Yeah. Um, but it, it is amazing because it is 100% nightshade-free. Yep. And it looks amazing. I haven't made it like this is literally the next cab off the rank that I'm going to make. Yeah. And um, and it, it just it like if you didn't tell someone that yeah nightshade free for re- for that reason, like people wouldn't even know. They'd just be like, oh, this dish is really good. Yeah, and you know that's a big part of what I do. Don't give away all your secrets when you're feeding people who don't need or don't want to be on any special diet just don't even tell them just make something delicious out of the book and just say here you go and they think that you've made them just a regular recipe and they don't know it's egg free nightshade free and whatever free (laughs) just keep that bit of secret because Mm. as soon as you start saying that people are like what's in it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so don't call it nightshade free also book though just call yeah. it um also you know, with yeah. a with, with lots a of veggies in it <laughs> yeah with a twist <laughs> not your nonna's also book there we'll you go there we go um <laughs> so yeah there's there's lots of there's lots of cool stuff in there as well in your book that's like really nutrient rich and there was a couple of things that I've been drawn to mm-hmm. one being the chicken hearts because that's ah, so one good. of my husband's favorite oh is it but I'll my tell you why them. no I'll tell you why I'll tell you why and this is a very unnaturopathic story you ready yeah so so in um in Bangalore when we lived in the Northern Rivers, there was a place called Stockpot Kitchen, and they have since moved to Lismore. And yes, they have reopened now after the floods oh, um, a, a third time. But oh. if yeah, I know they just got it back up, and then they go anyway. They yeah. got flooded again, but they are legends, and they are back open. And they 
they make something called crack chicken that is it used to be called fried chicken, but then all the locals nicknamed it crack chicken, so they literally changed <laughs> it on the menu. Oh, that's right. so cool! And it's a it's a gluten free fried chicken, which I know is still not healthy, but holy moly, it's amazing! And very occasionally they would make this special on the side, and it was it was battered fried chicken hearts. Yeah. And they don't do it anymore. And I remember, like, my husband used to go in and harass them. He's like, when are you bringing them back on the menu? Because it was like popcorn chicken. You'd get, like, yeah, this box of these fried oh. battered chicken hearts. And so, of course, Stockpot don't do that anymore. And we've moved to Queensland and there is no <laughs> Stockpot kitchen here. But I had to learn things that you can do with chicken hearts because obviously I'm not going to, I don't have a deep fryer. Like I'm not going to batter them and yeah. fry them much to my husband's disappointment. But like <laughs> I did, you know, he, we, we both actually got a real taste for it because we're like, this is really, this is so good. good food. And apart from the fact that it was deep fried, you actually felt like you were eating something that was quite nutrient dense. And I was like, yeah. right, what else can we do with chicken hearts? Right. Like how else can we eat this? And so I opened your book and I saw the chicken hearts in your recipe book wrapped in bacon and I was like, oh, Ooh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they do just go so crispy on the outside. Yes. So and they Even pop- my kids will eat them. They pop in your mouth when you chew them. But, yeah, so yeah. If, we, if there were any vegetarians still listening, they've definitely gone now. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, is, so. Yeah, this is the thing with um gut healthy type healing food it's very traditional and these are traditional foods that have been in cultures all throughout the world for probably thousands of years and have been um what's the word cherished by these cultures you know things Mm. like organ meat and ghee and animal fats and um you know fermented foods all of these things are very traditional and very healthy um, but yeah, our modern day society kind of doesn't usually have them in the diet as much as they should. No, they're almost sitting in the pet food section at the supermarket. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's a bit sad that they're not given that sort of reverence that they used to be given in in the olden days. Yeah, and even like the steak, there's there's steak and kidney pie in your book. Yes, like, yeah. Hello, kidneys. Like my mum is so proud of me. She's such an organ meat lover. Like she's always. When we were kids, she always fed us organ meats. Yeah. So, yeah, she's pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any of her recipes that you use? Um, I've got tweaked versions because being Texan, a lot of the recipes that I grew up with weren't terribly healthy. <laughs> you know, like the pecan pie was mm. so, so full of sugar. Um, and if she could get it, it had corn syrup in it. But I put my, in my other cookbook, Life Changing Food, I did put a healthy version, grain-free version of pecan pie, salted caramel pecan pie. Um, And so her fried chicken recipe I've tweaked to make a grain-free version with the buttermilk gravy. Um, So that's in Simple Healing Food. And that one is partially fried just to brown it and then you bake it to finish it off because otherwise you kind of burn the coating. Yeah. Um, But you can still make... You know, you can make so many of the old favourites with a few tweaks um, and make them healthier and it's still very delicious. 
Amazing. I'm actually getting hungry. I One, should not have booked this podcast interview for 3.30 in the afternoon. And two, should have brought snacks with me. Yes. Eat. I could have just muted my microphone and been munching away while you're, this is a mistake. Oh, well, you, can, you can pause and run and get a snack if you need to. I'll, no, I'll I, I, I'll tell you what, I nearly have to, seriously. Oh, dear. So let, let's get started serious for a minute because like the world the world is a pretty hectic place at the moment Mm. and the cost of living seems to be the only thing on everyone's mind right now Mm -hmm. it's in the media everyone's banging on about it people are freaking out about iceberg lettuce which (laughs) ridiculous because it's got no bloody nutrients anyway but um so there is there is a genuine issue going on right now though in that healthy good food is rising in cost. Mm. Save us, Joe. What do we do? <laughs> um, well, some of the things that I do, buy cheaper cuts of meat and slow cook. So you can get, um, you know, the tougher cuts of beef. Um, the if you, if you can buy in bulk, what I used to do when we were really strapped for cash um, on a single income with four little children, Um, every week I would put aside a little bit of money into a separate account that was for bulk buying. And at the end of three months, I would do a bulk order of pantry items. So nuts, flowers, grains, whatever, you know, if you're making your own breads or you're, um, making dairy-free milks or whatever you need that can be kept shelf stable. Um, I would get all of that in bulk through a co-op. Um, and you can, you can easily start a cop with friends and get a um, wholesale account with something like honest to goodness or something like that. Um, And even now, although, you know, um, we haven't had to put money aside for bulk orders um, for a few years, thankfully, I have ways of getting my bulk goods. So I go to my local health food store now and just say, Um, When you're doing your ordering, can I order three kilos of almond meal or can I order five kilos of almonds or whatever it is? And she's like, yep, and she puts it through for me and, you know, I get a much cheaper price by asking for a bulk amount. Um, And then things like ordering meat in bulk, we do that as well. Um, At the moment, living in a farming area, it is easier. I understand that. Mm. But if you talk to your butcher, and find out if you can get like half a half a cow, half a beast, they call it, um, and divide that up with some friends, you'll find that you're paying so much less per kilo. And then you will get all those bits that you need to try to. All that. Yes. <laughs> Suffer. Now you have yeah, to use it. <laughs> you do. Um, and I also do bulk seafood. We've got a local seafood store where they have their own trawler and they do the wild caught you know, all the beautiful wild caught reef fish. And I get that in bulk. Um, my chicken, I'm in a CSA where I get my chicken, um, delivered and it's like a bulk order CSA kind of thing. I also get veggies and fruit through my CSA, which a CSA is community supported agriculture. So you're just getting whatever's local and in season and it's heaps cheaper than going to the supermarket and buying things that are from who knows where and have been shipped in. Um, and, you're getting such fresh produce as well. So, for instance, if anyone um, 
keeps an eye on my Instagram stories. I usually show my veggie box each week and it's huge and it's $55 and that's all local produce. Um, and that's a really wide variety of fruits and veggies. Um, I also do things like bulking out meals with a lot of vegetables. I can make a big bolognese sauce for six to eight people with 300 grams of mints. Um, and I quite often do. Um, so I just put in things like carrots, even pumpkin, zucchini, um, mushrooms, whatever I've got, whatever is in season, eggplant. Um, yeah. And just really bulk it out. And I do that with things like um, savory mints, heaps of veggies in there, and then serve that maybe on baked potatoes or baked sweet potatoes. Um, I'll, I'll use one chicken and divide it up into different parts and freeze like two thirds of it, make a stock with the carcass and the wings, head and feet. Um, then I'll use the breasts for like a really big stir fry with heaps and heaps of veggies and use the thighs for a stew or something like that. So I'll, I'll use the one chicken for three or four meals. Um, so it's really a matter of figuring out ways to um, bulk out your food. And also another really important thing is don't go shopping, grocery shopping, until you've checked what you already have on hand. This one is huge and I don't think people mm. understand mm -hmm. this sometimes. You don't realise how much you throw away until you start doing this. Um, so I recommend doing a fridge audit every week. Go through your fridge, take take it out if you have to, all the stuff so you can see what's in there and write down all the things that need to be used, the, the capsicum that's wilting in the veggie drawer, the, um, you know, everything that's that needs to be used up, write it down um, so you know what you have and what needs to be used like within the next day or so. Um, and then figure out what meals you can make using what you have and consider what's in the freezer and pantry as well, obviously. Ooh. I know the answer to this. Yes. The answer is savoury mints. Oh, yes, and bolognese <laughs> and soup. <Yeah. laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> there is other things you can make. Um, and then once you've got that list and you, you've figured out, say, it depends how big your family is and how many meals you need to make, but for us I try to figure out like five or six meals at least, big meals that I can make out of what I've got, and then I just go to the shop and buy what else I need for that instead of going I mean I love that people buy my recipe book and write down whole lists of meal plans from my recipe book and I'm not saying don't do that but take into account what you already have before you go shopping so um, quite often when I do that I'll go to the shop and buy four things or three things um, and I really don't need much because I realize I've just got so much already on hand and it just saves me a lot of money so yeah, yeah. and I think it's really important not to get like hung up on the exact ingredients in recipes oh, at the yes. moment as well because if something isn't in season with the cost of living the way it is it'll be through the roof in price oh yeah like lettuce <laughs> <laughs> um, why just yeah. buy kale and yeah like seriously just <laughs> buy some spinach and and move on like well, it's salads in this weather anyway like, well, no, it's I want it, soups and stews. No, Joe, you don't get it. The lettuce oh. was going in the KFC burgers. Ah, oh. yes. 
that was what the stink was about. It was oh. about KFC didn't have enough lettuce oh, to furnish all the burgers that were in Australia. I missed that. I missed so they that. either had to put lettuce in some burgers and not others or find an alternative. <laughs> so they, you know, they needed to be consistent across the board. So Half they the kids just in the world would be so happy that their burger didn't have lettuce in it. Right. They probably pulled it out. It'd be like if McDonald's <laughs> ran out of pickles, which, by the way, was always my favourite part of the burger. Yeah, me too. It's we probably the health. It was probably the healthiest part. Probably, of the burger, probably. Um, so, yeah, that that's why there was the stink, Joe, because like the, there was now you have to have your chicken burger with cabbage. Ooh, yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> I'd rather a chicken stew with cabbage. That would be all right. Exactly, exactly. Meatballs and what? What you do have one? It's is it? I do. Is it chicken or is it pork? With oh, there's a pork um, meatballs with cabbage. Yes, but you can use mince. Uh, sorry, chicken mince in place of pork. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, watch out. There'll be a bloody cabbage shortage now because KFC <laughs> bought it all. <laughs> Yeah, hey, but um, at least, at least if there's cabbage in the burgers, there's probably more nutrients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they could just ferment it and have sauerkraut and then we'd be laughing. No, no, that's too <laughs> weird for people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so I'm feel, I'm feeling really inspired now. Um, look, oh, that's good. I, I yeah I need to I'm I'm definitely making the osopulco the the nono rollover in the grave osopulco <laughs> next. How long did this take you to put together? Like it's just it's insane oh, the amount of well, work that goes into these these. Yeah, recipes. it is. A lot of the recipes started in 2014. Started being developed back then when we started doing gaps. Um, and I put together a, an online program with the recipes I was making up because I had so many people telling me, oh, I was supposed to do GAPS or a gut healing diet like AIP or whatever. And I was so lost for what to cook that I had chicken and pumpkin soup every day for three months. One friend told me that and I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, there's no. so much you can make. Like you, you get your list of vegetables and meats and things that you can have and and you know further on down the line nuts and avocado and eggs and fruits and some legumes and some dairy even so fermented dairy and cheeses and it's like no there's so much that you can have and so I started writing down what I was making and taking photos of everything and we put it into an online program to um, help people to know what to eat. Um, so a lot of the recipes are from back then that I've kind of, you know, as time goes on, you tweak them and you um, improve them, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of those. And then there's also just um, I just thought up some more for the book, but it took probably four years of, of focused work on the book, but that included COVID time. So, yeah. Mm. I kind of lost a year there where I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think I was busy cooking in the kitchen because I could stay home. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what happened to any of us during that time, but we're all missing a year or two. Yeah, it's like where did that year go? How come it disappeared when we were mostly at home? I don't know. (laughs) I know. And now I'm noticing that if if you – talk to someone and they say something happened three years ago you have to ask them what year yeah because 
then they go, oh, actually, it was five years ago. Like we, we, it's like those those the last couple of years just have erased themselves. Blanked them out of your memory. Yeah, because nothing happened. I think that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. There's there's nothing in there to. There's no conferences or weddings or holidays or big big events to that really solidify that not pinning your memories to them yes Mm. exactly yeah so did you did you find that uh you know because you're in touch with a lot of people like you've got big groups and lots of people Mm -hmm. that you talk to who follow you did did people continue eating healthy in your circles during COVID or did it all go backwards a bit with the old gut? Oh, I think for most people it went backwards a bit. Um, I know there's a few people that talked to me that said, oh, this is a good time for me to really work on gut health because I'm at home and I can focus on it with my kids. They're not out and about at school and everything. They're here with me. So there is, you know, some mm, people who are like, okay, control. This, is, this is my opportunity. Maybe it was at the start of COVID though because they probably lost it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> can we check in on those people? Are they okay? Yeah, we, we should check in on them. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people got into a lot of baking and um, sweets and fun stuff because it was like, yeah, I've got time to play and experiment and do all the sourdough and the baking and the fun stuff. And so um I know I gained weight. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> Mine wasn't from baking. It was from wine. I'll be honest. Oh. <laughs> Mine was from sourdough bread, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a, there's definitely, there's a few people in that boat for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that means that now is a really good time to be focusing on gut health because yeah. you know, we did, we did have a moment. We had the stress and we had the sweets. So yeah. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. yummy. We regret nothing. Like no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently again. We're just going to transition to the healthier versions now, right? I think so. <laughs> I, th- I think so. And so, look, I, I think this is perfect timing that you've brought out another book. I really do. Well, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I was so, I was getting to the stage where I was really feeling frustrated and anxious because I was like, I can't get this done. I just, I feel like there's a block. I feel like I've got no motivation. I can't get this done. And it was supposed to be done a year ago. <laughs> and then when it came out, it was just the right time. And that's what happens in life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And now you know how musicians feel with their big pressure to do their follow-up mm. albums. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the follow-up cookbooks. Yep. Someone yep. already asked me the other day, was I writing another one? I'm like, I can't think yet. Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> cool your <I> jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I'm still like trying to get over the last four years. Then I will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've definitely done it in style, I think. (laughs) Thank you. So so what is on the horizon for you? No pressure. If you say rest, we will totally celebrate that. (laughs) In fact, we should celebrate that. But what is on the horizon for you? Well, um, my plan was to get back into my um, online workshops that I was doing last year because they just were really popular and it was so much fun um, live cooking with everyone and it's now ju- nearly July is it July when it will be by the time comes yeah, out. yeah and I haven't actually done any yet this this year um, we've been doing the program we're on the second round of the program the gut health program that I do with Elise Comerford so that's been happening at least I have gotten that done um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that's enough. 
That'll do, yeah. Oh, and I started my podcast again. I had a six-month break on the podcast and I started again and I called it Season 2, Quirky Cooking Chat Season (laughs) 2. And um, I've started putting those on my YouTube channel every week on a Friday, except when I'm late which I was last week and it came out on the Wednesday after. Which so, is yeah, totally think, fine as well. I think I've really learnt that I needed to slow down and I don't beat myself up when I can't get all my plans and goals done. I just go, you know what, I actually would prefer to sleep tonight so I'm not going to stay up till midnight and keep working. So, yeah, it's been good for me to slow down and I'm sure that I will speed up at times and jump in and get heaps done but at the moment I'm in. I'm in slow mode, I have to admit. I think you've earned it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm still hoping to get to Italy. That's another goal. Um, We were supposed to do a gut health retreat in Italy in a ski lodge in the Alps. And it was right when we all got locked down. So the friend of mine who owns the ski lodge, and lives in it in a little village in Italy where she has a village community and it's just unbelievable. She keeps asking me when I'm coming and she's trying to get me to come over in October. So you never know. <laughs> oh goodness. I want to come. Yeah, I you should to totally come. That's, that's on, that's right up the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like she just lives in this amazing little village community mm. and they have a little school that they started a bilingual school and it's very Steiner kind of, you know, and they do and they have chef, a chef that cooks lunch for the kids each day and it's like Gaps Paleo kind of, I don't know if it's Paleo, sorry, Gaps Whole Food. So it'd have sourdough and stuff as well. So not oh, really Gaps. Goodness, it just sounds like a dream. I know. And they're just like they, you see photos of them riding on hay wagons and going horse riding and planting gardens and, they're having school in these outdoor yurts and yeah I'm like I want to go to school there yeah <laughs> but that is that one of my goals. not to that... go to school there but to go visit <laughs> oh, that, that sounds beautiful yeah keep us posted okay. definitely keep us I posted will. all right my love well Joe, this has been the most amazing catch-up I really hope it's not what six years until we do this again <laughs> Well, I believe that 2016. I could honestly, I nearly fell off my chair. Yeah, we've been we've been busy, haven't we? Yeah, it's been a crazy time. We've we've done a lot of things in that time, but yes, let let's not wait six years before the next time we do this (laughs) because it has been a lot of fun. And and thank you so much for this new offering, Um, Simple Healing Food. It is out now. Um, We'll pop some links in the show notes so that people can. Yeah. find their way to this book but what's the easiest way that they can connect with you and see this? if you just search quirky cooking online my website will come up it's quirkycooking.com.au and all the things you need are on there but you can find me on instagram and facebook and telegram and youtube and you know all the places except for What's that one where everyone dances all the time? TikTok. Yeah, Come sorry, on, mate. I'm, I'm so old. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really, but for some reason I never got into TikTok. So sorry, I'm not on there. Yep. Sorry, not on TikTok. Is no. is everywhere else. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been an absolute joy as usual. Thank you so much um, for having me. Lovely to catch up. I know. Congratulations on this beautiful book. It's amazing. Thank you. Enjoy your Osso Buco. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness, and complex cases, to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at julesgalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.